Hollywood is the only profession where you can fail upwards. Radio Drome. It's another Thursday night, early October. It's Radio Drome. I am Josh Hadley. With me is Alex Panty Snifferjowski. Smells good. As well as Cecil Tom Servo. I am Tom, but but my picture is is Crow. That's why I made you Tom Servo. Before we get into tonight's topic, I'm not going to make Cecil do the Adam and Eve promo as I threatened to last week. And yay. Why? Because it's changed. Got a message from Adam and Eve this week. If you go to adamandeve.com, you use the promo code DROME, now you get 10 free gifts. You'll get a surprise for her. 10? 10? You'll get a a sexy surprise for her, a a specialty toy for him. I'm assuming that goes in the butt. A third little something that Adam and Eve thinks you'll both enjoy, plus six full DVDs, and free shipping on your order in the United States. All for using the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. Ten free items for going to adamandeve.com. Can you beat that? You can't! I know what you can beat. Well, I'm sure there'll be some beating done once your items arrive. (laughs) At least ten times. Tonight what we're going to talk about is sequels we never got. Now maybe this is sequels we never wanted. Maybe this is sequels we were promised... And by promised, I mean maybe sequels that were announced or the movie set up for a sequel that never happened for a variety of reasons. But the sequels that don't exist, in a couple of these cases, they kind of do. I'll get into that in a minute. What is your pick for the sequel you are so pissed you never got? No, I haven't. can't think of a sequel I'm pissed. Oh, yeah, I can. Unbreakable 2. Was that actually promised, though? Oh, yeah. and I was talking it up and everything, but then his career kind of stopped. Uh, I know what you're going to think, but I actually wanted the real Starship Troopers 2, not the Starship Troopers 2 that we got. I did like the Starship Troopers 2 that we got, though, but I see No, no, no. It was good, but by comparison to the original, it was supposed to be the continuation there and not, I mean, Starship Troopers 2 was, uh, it was cool, but it was a very, very, very Brenda Strong down, stole that damn movie. Smaller movie. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, Tippett, uh, it was it was very cool to have him direct. But, again, it's like, uh, I really would have rather. do that. Give him a goddamn budget. Yeah, because they, they gave him, like, no money. I, uh, I think $90 million that uh, the first one got. And, uh, yeah, so I wanted the, what? What should have been Verhoeven's Star- Starship Troopers 2 as opposed to Tippett's True 2? My pick would be what actually kicked off this idea for this episode. I was watching the 1988 version of The Blob the other day. The ending, it's, it's set up for a sequel. It's set up for what looks like a pretty cool sequel that we never got because The Blob was technically financially a failure. Made a little bit of little bit past half of its budget back theatrically so there's where the technical part comes in it made four times its budget back on video and cable 
So why would they not make a sequel to the 88 Blob, especially because it was critically well-received, well-received outside of the theater after the fact? Why, instead of this long-threatened Blob remake that they are just determined to do, why not make a sequel to Blob 88? Well, because uh, remakes are the thing. Remakes and reboots are where it's at. Like, you have a better chance of getting your reboot off the ground. Wasn't it Decker who um, he had been fighting for years because he wanted to make the sequel to Monster Squad? And the studios were after him, and they're like, if if you want to do a reboot, of the monster squad were behind it. But if you want to do a, 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 you know, a sequel, nope, nobody's going to finance you. And that's freaking ridiculous. It, it's uh, with, with the blob sequel, I absolutely would love for them to continue it. Especially but, if they got Darba to come back and write the script. Oh, absolutely. If, if they got him and uh, if they went practical with the effects again, because there's really no reason that they... I mean, I know they would want to do it all CGI because there'd be all this crazy shit they could do. But think of how much creativity and coolness they could do with the, the stop motion and with the practical effects now. They really would be able to do some awesome stuff. But you could still I, get Shawnee Smith and Kevin Dillon, I'm sure, relatively cheap, too, to come back. And honestly, I mean, Shawnee Smith still looks good, and she's not that old. And Kevin Dillon, uh, he looks about the same, just, you know, he doesn't have the mullet anymore. Uh, if they wanted to goof, they could have him grow the mullet back. But yeah, I'm sure they could get them relatively cheap and, uh, you know, extend the story out to include them somehow. But even still, they wouldn't really even need to. They could just have the the, mini- the, 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 the crazy minister. preacher let his his sample loose. Yeah. Or, and... or, or, or sorry. Think for a minute. You suppose an army of guys in plastic suits show up every time a meteor falls? Shoot him. That's a direct order. How do you think they got here so quick? How did they even know what to come? Shoot, Batman, shoot! I'll tell you how. That meteor is man-made. It's some kind of a germ warfare test they f***ed up. <laughs> I love that line. Awesome. But yeah, they totally have a lot of ways they could go with that. And uh, I would like it so much better because the thing is, if they do a reboot, then they're going to have to reintroduce everything and they're just going to have they're they're probably just going to do the whole movie over again. Whereas if they did um, the uh, a sequel, they actually have a few different avenues they could go. But I think any more most of the people that are familiar with it are not the ones that they're targeting. They're targeting the typical PG-13 crowd who's never even heard of the blob. So that's another reason why they'd want to do a reboot. Or they've only heard of it as being some goofy bad old movie. Yeah. The, oh, I heard they have Blobfest in Phoenixville, which I used to I, live I've, I've heard that there's this movie where, like, a 40-year-old man plays a 17-year-old. <laughs> no, he was he was over 40 when he played no, I know. 17, it was Mc- Steve McQueen played a 17-year-old yeah, in that. Yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. I mean, he looked good for, for his age, but he didn't look but like But you a, never like bought a... him for a second as a teenager. No, he was not a teenager. He was, like, the same age as, like, the sheriff. <laughs> Inevitably, it would be a remake. I think there is potential for a sequel, and it would be an enjoyable movie, but they're not going to make that because, as Cecil pointed out, it's a different generation that's buying tickets. I don't see why that would throw them off. I don't see why that would preclude a sequel if you made it self-contained enough that you didn't need to see the 88 one. Because really, you could do that relatively easily. 
You just said it today that the crazy preacher from the end of the 88 one, for whatever reason, didn't release the blob in 88, but he does in 2015. Or, or maybe he was storing it and he's dead and they find him in the basement in a jar of pure concentrated evil that has a locking mechanism from the inside, all Prince of Darkness style. That's just Prince of Darkness. You just uh, want the like, three like, Prince of Darkness. I like Prince of Darkness, sorry. Well, then what are some other either threatened or promised sequels we never got? I think, in my mind, one of the ones that immediately my brain went to was the Ralph Bakshi, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, slash Return of the King sequel. Bakshi's Lord of the Rings, he had a three-picture deal. His Lord of the Rings essentially covered Fellowship and maybe the first third to first half of Two Towers. Then it was such a financial disaster, they said, screw it, and then gave the franchise back to Rankin-Bass, who just picked up with Return of the King, therefore leaving the second half of Two Towers essentially unfilmed until Peter Jackson went and CGI'd that up. Essentially, he cartooned it as well. That's the one I think of is, I wonder what Bakshi's sequel would have been. It would have been The Two Towers. Yeah, but considering how he mucked with the story in Fellowship, I don't know. I don't know if he would have just done the second half of Two Towers and then done Return for his the third picture in his deal, or if he would have tried to mush those together like he did the other one. I don't know. This was drug-addled Bakshi, so we could have gotten something really weird. I think he would have been faithful enough with it. There might have been some creative liberties, but nothing too outrageous. It's been so long since I've seen it. Uh, I don't remember uh, what he did and what he didn't do. I just remember, you know, the art style because it was that that famous rotoscope. Uh, rotoscope. Yeah, just, you know, that that style that you don't see ever anymore. I, I, so I really don't know. Um, I think it would have been cool if he would have been able to do all three. Uh, probably would uh, be a little bit better known, especially um, with the Lord of the Rings, uh, Peter Jackson explosion of a couple years ago. I think a lot of people might have gone back and watched those as well, uh, as opposed to just being able to go back and watch the two of them. Well, now, you, you have some sequels that did happen, but they didn't happen. For instance, next year we're getting a movie called Solace, starring Anthony Hopkins and Colin Farrell. With the exception of the characters' names, it's the script that was the sequel to Seven. When Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, and David Fincher all said, I want nothing to do with this movie, they literally only changed the names. So when Solace comes out next year, it's kind of, sort of, not really a sequel to Seven, but it is. Does that make sense? It's eight. That that was actually the title. E I number eight H T. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That was the that was the I title remember. when it was the sequel to seven. No, I know, but it's like how do you even say E eight uh, like E I E eight? Yeah, it's it's that that's not a word. Scroforum is bad enough. Yeah, scroforum. Well, at least you can say scroforum. Well, I know. I really actually want to see it because you, you I, want to see the movie that everyone involved in Seven said I want no part of. Well, no, they didn't. They wanted no part of the concept of a sequel to Seven, not that particular screenplay. This one is supernatural. A psychic is helping Somerset and Mills, for lack of a better term, catch a serial killer. I would want no part in that if I had been involved in Seven. There are good psychic helping cops movies, though. You Look can't at the just dead. add supernatural elements to a to a franchise 
for lack of a better term, that's grounded in reality. Well, they didn't. This isn't the sequel to Seven. This is some other movie called Solace, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm curious to see it because the whole time I watch it, I'm going to be thinking Seven. For, for me, it's just funny because uh, I think one of the reasons why they probably wanted nothing to do with this is because after Seven, you think Brad Pitt probably would have quit the force. You know, like, if like, not had charges brought up on him. Right. Uh, well, I think they under the um, under the duress and all that, I think they they would have gone a little bit more lenient on him. I think uh, I don't know. You know Richard Roundtree as the D.A. made it pretty clear he hated these guys early on in seven. Yeah. But I mean, he, he got his wife's spoiler wife's head was in a box. What's in the box? Get to open the box. So I think that uh, I, I think that they probably would have gone a little bit more lenient on him. They might have taken his badge from him, but I don't think he would have uh, seen jail time. Or I think he would have, you know, they would have put him in some kind of therapy, and then he would have promptly quit the force. I, I can't imagine him continuing after that. But uh, but anyway, but I, I'm curious to see the movie. Uh, who knows? Maybe what... it'll be good, and it'll kind of, you know, because it's its own thing, and maybe it'll end up being a good thing that they uh, they wash their hands of it. Because I, if it, if, if Colin Farrell and Anthony Hopkins knew going in that they were the discount Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. Well, I don't know if I would call Anthony Hopkins a discount Morgan Freeman. I would say he's pretty, you know, I, I'm not huge on Colin Farrell. But uh, I think, you know, Anthony Hopkins has kind of earned his stripes. So I don't and it is kind of odd that they would, you know, it would be really funny if they picked like a like a Samuel Jackson or something. They got like another black guy in there. To do. Then it really would have been the same, you know, the, the movie that wasn't probably the other one that really fits into that. And I'm being technical here because so many changes were made. But how big trouble in little China is kind of sort of almost maybe not really the sequel to The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. W.D. Richter basically took his Buckaroo Banzai versus the World Crime League sequel that was promised at the end of Buckaroo Banzai, and he essentially rewrote that heavily, from what I understand, into what became Big Trouble in Little China. Strangely enough, you can still see how those two films almost could take place in the same continuity, though, don't couldn't you? You know, Lopan and all them were part of the, the Crime League and all that. Because if you read the original script for Versus World Crime League, they were Asians and they had superpowers. And you go, Big Trouble's kind of sort of a sequel to Buckaroo, isn't it? Yeah, you could definitely see it in there. I mean, it looks very much like the sequel to Buckaroo Bonsai that it was supposed to be. So, Unof So officially or not, I consider that the sequel to Buckaroo Bonsai we never got. As do I. I see elements to it, but it doesn't quite have... It, it has a quirkiness to it, but it doesn't have that same... I think that's just W.D. Richter's writing style, honestly. Right, but I'm saying it doesn't have that same vibe. There are two fantastic movies. Uh, I have a, a, a more of a leanings towards Buckaroo Banzai because I just adore that film and I love Peter Weller, but, uh, but Big Trouble is, is just fantastic. And uh, I, I am kind of glad that it isn't because that way we get two amazing movies that are you know they are their own things rather than you know Buckaroo Banzai and then whatever the sequel would have been I would have liked for there to have been that Buckaroo Banzai sequel that we we're promised but we didn't get but wasn't meant to happen so 
And then we got another one that kind of sort of got made, but not as the sequel. We were promised a Total Recall 2. That script became Minority Report. It was supposed to be Quaid, now a police officer, using Martian clairvoyance to stop murders before they happen. That script was retooled into Minority Report. So in a way, Minority Report is Total Recall 2. Minority Report was already a Philip K. Dick novel, though. I'm t- yeah, vastly different from the movie. I mean, the, the script that became the movie was the Total Recall 2 script. Ah, that's kind of fitting, since it was still based upon a Philip K. Dick novel. Wow. I, uh, <laughs> I'm glad that didn't happen, because Total Recall is one of those movies that I adore, but I don't think that it needed a sequel. There's always that. I think a sequel would have ruined the ambiguous ending. The whole point Verhoeven made of the ending is you don't know whether this is real and he's lobotomized or not. Exactly. So, yeah, you would have. That does leave that whole question where you're like, holy, you know, is he you know, on the chair lobotomized? You don't know. And that was the coolness to it. I think continuing his story, but in a different way, it, it, it just wouldn't be as good. It might, you know, sometimes. As much as you try not to, it ends up tarnishing the original. Because then, like you said, now there's no doubt. You know that, uh, you know, this this all, uh, it wasn't an implant. You know, it was uh, it, it was real. And uh, and so that kind of stinks. And Minority Report was, was cool enough on its own. And, um, well, yeah. Well, the three quarters were. Eh, yeah, I, thought you know, that's... Third, I thought the final act completely fell apart. Well, that's that's the you know what? That is a recurring theme with Spielberg lately with a, a lot of his newer films. They start off strong and then, man, they just blow it at the end. In, in a, a lot of times in movies, we get the promised sequel, not from the studio, but like with The Blob 88 or with Buckaroo Banzai, where they outright say, here is a sequel. But you get the more subtle it's open for a sequel. Hey, look, there's more adventures. Credits. Cecil, tell us about Super Mario Brothers 2 that we never got, because I know you're just dying to talk about that. Yay! Well, they left They left Super Mario's 2. There was a close, you know, they, they closed the story, but then they left it to where um, Princess Peach came back from Dino World and was telling them that, uh, you know, there was an uprising and she needed Mario and Luigi to come back with her. And they kind of set that up as like a little bit of a cliffhanger sequel. They were hoping that the movie would have been a huge blockbuster and they could have, you know, continued and made a big franchise out of it. And as we all know, the movie didn't do well at all. And it kind of sat in ambiguity for a long time. And now um, Bob Hoskins considers it the one film he regrets doing. Yes, it's the, it's like they were asking him what uh, what was the worst thing you ever worked on it was like super mario brothers what would you go back and not do super mario but like everything was just he hated working on that him and and john leguizamo they would just drink before they started uh you know working on the set got to the point where the script was changed so many times they just stopped reading it and started ad-libbing their lines which you I can kind of tell in dennis hopper's performance honestly oh well hopper you can he, tell he's ad-libbing but you could tell also that he's having a freaking good time. He's enjoying the hell out of himself. On the other so. hand, Lance Henriksen looks miserable. And he was only in it for like five minutes. But I mean, he totally looks like he does not want to be in this movie. 
it's developed a cult following over the years. There's a whole website dedicated to uh, to it. They have so many props from it and all kinds of stories about it. They promptly featured uh, my video that I did about it a while ago. I'm actually thinking of kind of doing an update to it because uh, over the years I've learned so much more about the movie than I did. Uh, my like friend f- Hank Carlson built all the Yoshis for that. Really? They they were dude. The um, Spielberg's uh, effects guys, a lot of the guys from uh, ILM and whatnot, they went to the set of Super Mario Brothers while they were working on Jurassic Park and were admiring the uh, animatronics that they did with Yoshi. And they actually may have kind of taken some of the ideas from that and used that for Jurassic Park. Well, yeah, so. I've got I've got video of Hank, you know, building the Yoshis. He never got to go to the set because they were shooting Army of Darkness at the same time, and he was the on-set effects coordinator for that. So he mm. just built the Yoshis and then shipped them to Atlanta or wherever the hell they were shooting Mario Brothers. So he never got to set on set, but he did build the Yoshis for that. Yeah, they were filming at uh, the something or other cement factory. I, I don't recall, but but uh, but anyway. They had been pushing in this website. It really took off. It got a lot of exposure, and they managed to get the studio to put together a um, a Blu-ray release of the film with uh, a lot of special features. They got commentary. They didn't get commentary from uh, Jankel and Morton, but uh, they do have an interview with them where they talk about it. I don't remember. I think one of the effects guys is the guy doing the commentary. But they even got uh, John Leguizamo to do a little interview where he talks about how he's kind of come around on the film. Like he used to hate it, but now that he's a little bit older, he kind of enjoys it. And uh, so he was very nice talking about it. And then um, there are a bunch of guys who got the script for the proposed sequel, putting it out in comic book form. I did read about that. Yes. And so they've been working on that for a few months and it's actually coming together. So that's really cool. We've been like getting supposedly this years later Breakfast Club reunion kind of movie. Considering where the careers of most of them ended up, they'd probably all jump at it. Hey, it's a paycheck. Uh, a last Airbender two. You are such a troll. <laughs> that movie just totally tells you there's going to be a sequel right at the end, and it was based on something where there was a built-in sequel. But then again, there were all of those Twilight knockoff book series. That each got the the movie adaptation of the first book in the series. Uh, Martha put down Nightmare Before Christmas too. Was that I actually guess. promised or not? From what, for everything I've read about that one, it was it never got past the "Wouldn't it be cool if we did this" stage. And there was a Godfather Four in production for a while, like ninety nine to two thousand, that never got picked up. There was all over the place. DiCaprio was supposed to be a part of it yep. and everything. I would say, arguably. One of the most famous ones we never got, and I don't know if this is good or bad, was Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. They're still promising us a Beetlejuice 2, though. Yeah, but yeah. It, I doubt it's going to be Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. I really do. But some of these have are coming out now. They are threatening Twins 2, triplets. With Now they find out that Eddie Murphy is their long-lost twin because f*** logic, right? And it's part of the Daddy Day Camp. I really much was looking forward to, and I hope they still could make it happen, Power of Six, which was the uh, follow-up to uh, I Am Number Four. Really, really wanted Priest 2, but um, that's not happening, unfortunately. Remo Williams was the one that I knew that me and you would agree on. The yeah, event, Remo Williams, The Adventure Continues. But that one technically got a sequel in the TV movie, Remo Williams. 
Yeah, but I don't. So, so that was, one technically the sequel did happen. Was it uh, was it Fred again or? No, it wasn't Fred, but it followed the events of the first film, so it is a sequel. It mm-hmm. was just a TV movie. It was a TV movie. Okay. So you know, the, so never, that one we did get a. Is it any? Was it any good? I, haven't I never seen saw it. Since it. The, I haven't seen it since the '90s, but. All right, I'll just see if I can track it down. I've um, got it. Of course I do. Of course you do. Well, I yeah, give it to me. And, of course, uh, Spaceballs 3, The Search for Spaceballs 2. Would have loved for that to have come out, but I don't instead know. we got the cartoon. Yeah, because that cartoon was vilely bad. That cartoon <sighs> was vile. Mel Brooks was part of the voice cast yeah. on the cartoon. He was, yeah. but he I don't was think also he the had... executive producer. That's what makes me think that his Spaceballs sequel would have been terrible. That Spaceballs cartoon makes Family Guy look subtle and funny. Well, That's here's the how thing. I'm, bad Spaceballs was. Well, here's the thing. I'm 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 thinking though. It's like I wanted Spaceballs two or so Spaceballs three. It's Spaceballs two. You know what? Twenty years ago, when it was when it should have come out. Because that's the thing. Now the landscape has changed so much that that's what we ended up getting. But I think that if we would have gotten it way back when, we would have gotten something more in line with the first movie. Well, and then there's the and I brought this up many times before when Joe Dante and National Lampoon were going to make Jaws 3 People Zero, a Naked (laughs) Gun-style comedy about the making of Jaws 3 at Universal, where the cast and crew constantly keep getting killed because a shark pops out of any body of water, including a cup and and toilets. The script was funny. Having National Lampoon, this is 1982 here, so they hadn't devolved into what they would become later, Tim Matheson hadn't ruined the brand yet. Joe Dante was just on the rise. He hadn't even done Gremlins yet. Jaws 3 People 0 is one of my biggest laments for this could have been fantastic. Yeah, every time I hear about that, oh man, that just sounds phenomenal. That would have been so good. But instead, we got the, 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 the Jaws, three. Jaws 3. Well, Jaws 3 I thought was okay. It's Jaws 4 is when it really turns into a complete crap hole. Jaws 3 at least had some cool moments. 4 was just a comedy. You also have other sequels. Horror movies are famous for... I mean, nowadays you do get a lot of sequels, but horror movies, not necessarily the slasher boom, but the slashers did this a lot, where you've got the the one last moment. Everybody's happy, the camera pans away, and then the monster's eyes open or the hand comes up from the grave or whatnot. Is it probably better that a lot of those never did get a sequel? Oh, yeah. Like, everyone that didn't get a sequel would have had a horrible sequel. Uh, well, I'm being, you know, I'm covering all of them because all of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Alex to a certain degree. You know, I think that there are so many of them where they were just crap holes. And they're like, you know, we'll, we'll get, end with one big last scare. And it's the it big worked last in scare. Carrie. It worked in Friday the 13th. And it hasn't worked since because everybody sees it coming a mile away. You know, I think the only time uh, that I can think of off the top of my head where a more recent film did a something like that where it absolutely positively worked was the ending of the first Final Destination, where I thought that was like, that's that's a good big final scare that you did not see coming. You know, it wasn't the hand coming out of the grave. It was it was just a a, a freaking sign bashing into Curse Smith. But they still use that technique. Battleship, that's what, two years ago now? Still ends with that. 
doesn't pay off as much as I think they want it to. Why do they still do that? Why do they still sequel bait in such an obvious manner, set, you know, Mario Brothers 2 style, absolutely setting up a sequel that were, that never comes? Because Season? what if it does make the money? And usually it doesn't. I don't mind, like, I think I get annoyed by the fact that they continue to do the same thing to set it up. I don't mind it as much that it, at least if there's a finality, at least if the story ends and then they tack on a little something to kind of continue it, I'm fine with that. But I am not fine with ones where they can't film the entire story. So they only film like that first chunk of it and then they end it on a cliffhanger and then they don't make enough money so they can't make the sequel. So we never get any goddamn closure. That's when I get angry. Well, then how about when a movie is based on a book series and they only make, say, one movie, but there's three or four more books? Do those qualify as the sequels that the movies never got? Let's leave out the fact that usually a lot has changed between the source material and the movie. Can you just go and read the books then to find out what would have happened next? Kind of. Um, remember Interview with the Vampire? Part one of the Vampire Chronicles. And they never made part two until like. But they like, did make Queen of the Damned, which was the third book, which was a and terrible film too. I don't know if it's just been like hopeful fans or actual promises that we're supposed to get some vampire Lestat movie. But considering how bad Queen of the Damned is, Interview with a Vampire was awful too. I don't know why people look at that with such rose-colored glasses. It's a terrible movie. It's not bad. I liked it, but like I went and read the books and. I'm not a fan of Anne Rice at all. No, no, not in the least. I cannot stand her tepid writing. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So in some cases, you can read the book if the book is actually as good as the movie was. Chances are it's going to be fucking Anne Rice crap. Yeah, I, I guess that's kind of beneficial in a way because it's like, all right, well, if the first movie comes out, like maybe uh, you never even heard of the books. And you saw the first movie and really enjoyed it, but they didn't make enough money, so they're not going to make any more. You at least can go and then read the books to get the continuation that you never got in film. Because so, like, like the one, like the one I'm thinking of is like Gump and Company. I heard that was terrible, though. Okay, I'm not talking about the quality, but everyone that bitches we never got a Forrest Gump sequel. You did, just not mm -hmm. a movie. Got it in book form. Well, then, what about when it comes to TV? Because in a lot of cases, you've, you've got a movie, and then they keep the movie in continuity when they make the TV series. So, for instance, like Stargate. Is Stargate SG-1 the sequel to Stargate that uh, Devlin and Emmerich wanted to make a Stargate 2, but MGM went ahead with the TV series instead? So is that the sequel, or do you consider the TV series, when it, use, when it keeps the movie in continuity as something other than the sequel you never got. I consider if it's a in-continuity TV series to definitely be a sequel. I consider the Stargate series is to be in continuity with the Stargate movie. Yeah, I'm the same way. I think that uh, if it's in continuity, it's, it's a sequel. It's just that you're getting a really long sequel. They uh, Sci-Fi picked up the rights to uh, Legion, and they released the series uh, as Dominion. And it picks up right after the first movie, and it continues. 
and uh, I've seen you know the whole first season, and I thought it was pretty freaking good. And I'm I'm hoping that they get picked up for another one. So uh, I think it's kind of cool in that way because especially if you have a movie that they had a lot of ideas, but it was crammed into two hours. Like you can stretch a lot of that out longer over you know twelve episodes or something. So I think that if um, if they're willing to give it the right budget and, you know, put it on the right channel, that's not going to cancel it two episodes in, then I think that that's awesome. Well, then, now, what about writing off sequels that actually do happen as having not happened? For instance, Exorcist 3. William Peter Blatty outright says Exorcist 2 never happened. Exorcist 3, which he had just wanted to call Legion, is the sequel to the first Exorcist, and that's it. Or like what they do with the Godzilla films every now and then. Yeah, yeah, the last 13 movies didn't happen. Godzilla 1985 is a sequel only to this. What about when you get sequels that they go, yeah, that, th- those were mistakes. Superman Returns? Yes, yeah, well, Superman Returns was a mistake in and of itself. But yes, yeah. it, it did do that. It, it put three and four out of continuity. As it should have, but it was a terrible movie. In, in well, it's still a terrible movie, but I appreciated that it tried to do that. If it's done right, I've got no problem with it. Problem is, it's rarely done right. You know what? If if they want to say, "Hey, uh, this never happened," eh, fine, whatever. I mean, that's that's their prerogative. But I mean, the movies still exist. Uh, I'm with Alex, where uh, I thought that it was a good idea for them to say that Superman three and four didn't happen and just gloss over them and go to Returns. Unfortunately, Returns ended up being a mess. And uh, you know, but. They had their heart in the right place. It's just they ended up making a crappy movie. But sometimes do have to skip over theirs. They skipped over uh, the Universal Soldier ones where they went from there was Universal Soldier. Didn't it knock two, three and four out of continuity when Van Damme and Lundgren came back? Yeah, because what happened was some uh, some other studio managed to get the rights and they made these really awful Universal Soldier movies. They, they kind of, uh, once the studio got the rights back, they were like, okay, those movies didn't happen. And then they made uh, Universal Soldier, I think it was The Return? The Return, yeah. And uh, that was the one with Michael Jai White. And then after that was when Lundgren came back. And so it was, so basically, I think there was two or three of them in there that, like, don't exist. But that's kind of a different thing altogether. That's That's like where, you know, you get some studio politics and there were other movies that obviously were sequels in name only. Let's look at the Exorcist franchise then. What what do you consider something like the Ninth Configuration? Is that that being a sidequel that takes place in the continuity of the first and third movies since, you know, Vladdy himself knocked two out. Is that an Exorcist sequel or not? I've never seen it, so I can't comment on it. Okay, remember in the remember in the first movie when when Linda Blair pees all over the floor and she goes up to that astronaut at the party and says, you're going to die up there? You're going to die up there. The ninth configuration is about that astronaut going crazy and his life in a mental institution. So it's a side quill that Blatty specifically wrote to take place in the Exorcist continuity. So it's in the same universe. Right. So, But is the, is the ninth configuration then... A sequel to The Exorcist? No, I wouldn't say it's a sequel. It just takes place in the same universe, like like the uh, like what they're trying to do with the Expendables, you know, the Expendables, which is both a great and awful name. So, uh, yeah, spinoffs are kind of sequels. Okay, how about when the sequels still happen, 
but ideas are abandoned. For instance, Friday the 13th Part 4's ending. And they say it right on the commentary track. This was meant to be Tommy taking over as Jason. And then when they start went to make Part 5, they went, no, 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 we don't like that idea. What about when you don't get the sequels that you were kind of set up for because they just decided, we want to go in a different direction? Case of the Friday the 13th, I'm glad they didn't, that they decided to keep it on Jason because, um, I don't know, it just it wouldn't feel the same. And uh, it might have ended the franchise right there uh, with, ha- you know, with, it with was Tommy. It was the final take- chapter. It was the final chapter, but the thing was that, you know, would have made Jason human. And yes, uh, I know they already switched killers because originally it was uh, Mrs. Voorhees and then it was Jason. But um, I don't know, changing it again after Jason had become such an established character I kind of am glad they went in the direction that they did. Oh, they, they not only alluded it to the end of four, they did it again at the end of five. Yeah, it seemed like they really wanted to go this direction, but then every time they went there, they got cold feet and went, no, no, no just go back to the formula. I'm glad they didn't. Um, it would have been interesting to see it fail because it would have failed. It would have, it would have been a glorious failure. There would have just been five of those movies. That's it. We wouldn't have Manhattan or anything. Well, now, let's switch gears a little bit. What about when a TV series is canceled on a huge cliffhanger? We never get the resolution that we were promised. What, what are some examples you have of a TV series that was canceled that pissed you off because it wasn't resolved? Well, the first one that always comes to mind is Odyssey 5. We were supposed to get four more seasons they set up this really cool. I know they you said even it promised kind of, us a TV movie after it was canceled. We promise we'll finish the story. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. not gonna happen. It had didn't happen. It ah, oh, jackasses. So that infuriated me when they killed Wanted. Oh, that infuriated me. Because Wanted that was w- Wanted ended on such a, a huge cliffhanger, cliffhanger with the reveal of the traitor. Yes, oh, I was so mad. And then we got like 15 more seasons of that awful um kevin bacon's wife tv show that i can't remember the name of that i ugh hate the, the closer the closer with uh, Sed- i've never liked Kira sedgwick but the thing with that show was like wanted was such a cool inventive good show and the closer was every freaking cro- cop drama show every csi it was every formulaic it was piece cliche. Of garbage it, yeah, it was it like you could always tell exactly. All right, this is going to happen. All right, this is going to happen. It was such a piece of crap. But yeah, that infuriated me. I was mad uh, at the end of V because that ended on a uh, on a big cl- the the original V. Uh, the TV series ended on a big cliffhanger uh, where they were going back to the uh, the home planet. That uh, just ugh, I, I wanted more. And that ended. I know there's m- there's more that ended on big big cliffhangers but i'm i'm blanking out but those are the the major ones that always come right to right to my head well there's the way alf ended which i didn't much care for because i hated alf as it was and yes there was a tv movie that followed that though yeah long after the fact still Uh, it did get closure there was that show out of this world that i used to watch all the time that just ended on a cliffhanger i love that show yeah it was a good show and it was like her dad's coming back, and look, here he is, to be continued, never resolved. Probably the most frustrating one in recent years to me was Jericho. I thought the Jer- Jericho's first season was all right. It get too bogged down in love triangle crap, and 
I, I despise love triangle stories. I think whenever you introduce a love triangle into a TV show or a movie, you're a bad writer because that is the most trite, tepid shit you can ever do. So when they got when they had a like good eight episode arc with that goddamn love triangle, I almost quit the show. But then it picked up right at the end of the first season, and then the second season was fantastic and ended on a huge cliffhanger with with them knowing that the U.S. government staged attacks on its own country in an attempted coup and having the evidence and then going to, to rescue their friends and prove what they knew. Never picked up again. I went, f***ing god damn it! That second season wasn't supposed to happen anyway. I mean, so you know, know, the fans is, fought, so that makes it even so worse. It even worse. goddamn good it was. Yeah. Didn't that ending frustrate the shit out of you? Yeah, well, I mean, being a serious post-apocalyptic drama on big, on you know, major network was uh, was was a shock to begin with, and the fact that it was done so well and that it lasted two seasons, uh, that was great. And I, I really, yeah, I would have loved for them to have continued that, but uh, no, we get uh, we get we get uh, another season of two and a half men. Uh, and then yeah and and they they fire charlie sheen and bring in ashton kutcher so they they fire one guy who i don't like and bring guy bring in a guy i like even less so as if i needed a reason another reason to not watch that show but um no i was thinking of what's that show right now is revolution still on who cares but what i'm saying is that i know that that's gone on longer than Jericho, and I made it about two and a half episodes into Revolution. You know it's bad if there's a post-apocalyptic show and I tap out. I gave up on the pilot of Revolution. When the EMP goes off and they lose power, the plane in the sky just drops like a rock. I go, <laughs> physics says fuck you! That's not how that works! Is that kind of the same thing as what they would do with promising us Masters of the Universe 2? or setting up Super Mario Brothers 2, is that arrogance, or is that, let's hope that if, if, if we set this thing up, the network won't cancel us because arrogantly we think they care about what the viewers want. I think some are arrogant, but I think most of it's just hopefulness. And there are the fans that are dedicated, and they're like, feel let down. And those are the ones that they were making the, the third or whatever the next season would have been for anyway. Don't you think they should go for like how Stargate Universe ended with an ambiguous ending that could be taken as a series finale, but also leaves enough plot lines open that you can continue it if something happens? Shouldn't that be the way you, you do it instead of, uh, nope, everybody's life is in peril, and you don't get any closure because the network pulled the plug? Oh, we'll see. Stargate Universe knew their plug was pulled, so their their ending was intentional. No, no, it wasn't. That was actually just the the season finale. It was oh, really? just yeah. The the way it was written was ambiguous enough that it acted as both because they weren't told they were canceled till after they shot that episode. Huh. So that just happened to be kind of a happy. This is both a series finale and a season finale, and it's kind of satisfying as either. But then you do want the cliffhanger season finale though because that's going to leave people in suspense and really eager to see the next season so you do want that finale you might not get the next season so it's a gamble there's really no right answer to that we're getting all these sequels that we or we're not getting all these sequels that we were promised 
What about getting sequels nobody wanted? 8mm 2, Dirty Dancing 2, all the witchcraft, they're making a witchcraft 14, the Children of the Corn 9 or whatever the hell it was recently, Creepshow 3, etc. Why do they keep making sequels no one wants, but they won't make the sequels everyone's asking for? Well, I know why they're making the sequels no one wants because, first of all, they're not actually making those sequels. They're retitling another project, you know, another movie that was already made or a script they got that they can just change a a few words to give it a more recognizable title. It'll sell a few more copies. That's just the way they're marketing it because 8mm 2 had nothing at all to do with 8mm and was never supposed to be 8mm. And it was about videotape, which kind of belies even the 8mm title. Why aren't they making the sequels that we do want? Well, the people that do want them are not as wide a demographic as the people that want other stuff. But they're making the ones we don't want. Are you saying the people who want the sequels we've been promised for decades is a smaller demographic than the people who don't give a shit? Because it's cheaper to do that. It's cheaper to just make this, you know, direct-to-video fake sequel to a, a you know a recognizable name. That's cheap and easy to do. Do you want, do you want your the sequels to the movies you like here to be all those? Yeah, I'm I'm with Alex. The thing is, the reason why they keep making these, you know, the sequels that nobody wanted is because somebody wants them. All those No one was the... asking for Dirty Dancing 2 22 years after the fact. Right, but what I mean is that they cost very little and they are the filler. They are the hey uh, we've got $2 million and we need to make a movie. And hey, look, we have the rights to Dirty Dancing. So let's make a sequel to Dirty Dancing. And then that will um, maximize our profiteering because you'll get a lot of people that are like, oh, there's a sequel to Dirty Dancing. And then they'll be like, wait, why doesn't it have Patrick Swayze? And why does this have nothing to do with the original Dirty Patrick Dancing? Patrick Swayze's death. I know, but that's what I'm saying. People are dumb. So they keep making a lot of these movies because they don't cost a lot of money. And I'm sure the return on investment is huge. Now, the movies that you and I and everybody else, the sequels that we really want are the gambles. We want Dread 2, but Dread 2 is going to cost at Just least... Just today, I signed the petition to get Dread 2. I want that. I've signed it too, and and everybody wants it, even... Um... Carl <laughs> Urban. Carl Urban, thank you. I am blanking tonight. Even Carl Urban was like, yes, I want to make Dread 2. In all and... honesty, maybe right on the same level as Dread 2, the one I want, and I don't know, obviously they'd change the title for the movie, I want This Book is Full of Spiders made into a movie, the sequel to John Dies at the end. Most likely, that... most likely this movie is full of spiders. It's, I know that's in the works. I don't know, it's going to take the a while. The last I read, they can't secure the financing, so while it's in the works, it may not happen. Well, that's the thing. It's like they're going to – I mean look at how long it took for them to get John Dies at the end to get together. So I think that they are fastidious enough and uh, will keep tweaking at it. And eventually I think it will happen, but um, it might just be a few years, which I – you know what? Much like a, you know, a good steak, you know, I am willing to wait. I am willing to you know, let it cook until it's ready. And then, you know, I'd rather them take their time and do it right than secure financing with someone who doesn't really believe in the product, meddles with it too much, and then we get a complete piece of shit. I'd rather. Hey, Cecil. Yes. I I just read that they signed David Dakota to write and direct it. He'll shoot it in that house of his. (laughs) And he'll uh, 
he'll have a, a talking spider. Yes. Are you, are you going to try and tell me that people actually wanted a Christmas story too? That there was an audience for this? Because I remember when it was first announced, you were among the people that were like, screw this movie on principle. Yeah. Nobody wanted it. It's not that good either. Even the people working on it didn't want it. You can kind of tell. My, my thought is Hollywood, when it comes to sequels, they they don't seem to give us what we want. They give us what not even what they think we want. They give us what they want us to want. And that's a very deadly formula. I mean, yes, we do avoid things like Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, which from everything I've read screamed disaster we also avoided the kevin smith nicholas cage tim burton superman which while it would have been fascinating on sort of a disgusting level would have been a bigger mistake than superman 4 or man of steel oh you shush well you know as much fun as it would be to actually get those sequels i'm kind of glad we didn't because they would suck if they came out now there's the studio system in hollywood is so in its different age, it would fuck them up so bad that I'm best remembering the sequel that could have been rather than the one that they would give us now. Uh, the thing that gets me about the studio system is whereas we always complain because, you know, we get the movie, we don't get the movie that we want. We get the movie that the studio wants us to want. No matter how many people bitched about the Michael Bay trans, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles before it came out, and Michael Bay was like, eh, you know what? You're going to bitch about it, and you're still going to go see it. And you know what? He proved that he was right. As much as people complained and as much as people you know, stamped their feet and said that I don't want this movie, it was number one at the box office, and it's already a guaranteed lock that they're making a sequel. So as much as it sucks, I think a lot of times the studios end up fail or succeeding in spite of themselves and their arrogance just works. I mean, I I was done with the Transformers movies, not to keep going on Michael Bay, but I was done with the Transformers movies after I saw the first one, and they're now getting ready to work on the fifth one. So apparently, what do I know? One of the best quotes I've ever heard, Hollywood is the only profession where you can fail upwards. So the sequel to Alex Jowski is where? At geekjuicemedia.com. The sequel no one wanted from Cecil T. Robot is where? <laughs> At uh, goodbadflicks.com as well as geekjuicemedia.com. And the sequel that everyone did want but nobody made is at 1201beyond.com. You can contact that sequel, that unmade sequel at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Have a good night, guys. And remember, don't support bad sequels. Just support bad sequels that didn't get... Oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? See the writing on the wall A lonely heart in isolation Reaching out to break my fall My emotions are wide open Step into the world inside my dreams Hold me close in love's illusion Stay
Radio Drome is a 1201 Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.